Broadcasting live from the nesting grounds on the plain of Ikoria, this is Tap Tap Concede. Welcome everybody to Tap Tap Concede. Graham here with Ben. Yo! And Nelson. Hi there. And we are talking about Commander 2020, or Ikoria Commander, or... It's the commander set, but it's happening so soon, and it's also on Ikoria, or at least most of it is. Yeah, this has been sort of a danger, <laughs> a weird spoiler season, or like a preview season, I guess. Because like mm-hmm. the, looking at every single card's like set symbol as they're revealed is so important. Because I've definitely goozled myself with a couple of these, being like, "Oh, sweet, check out this sky shark," and then you find out that it's actually a commander card. Just getting ready yeah. to wreck everybody in Pioneer, and then and then not. Yeah, I mean there will be a way to make Sky Sharks in regular Ikoria, but I mean what? But what, not, but but not this Sky Shark. Not yeah. this specific named Sky Shark. Before we get into that, though, of course, uh, Tap Tap Concede is brought to you by Card Kingdom. Check out cardkingdom.com slash LRR. Normally, their shipping is astronomically fast. Currently, their shipping is non-existent, but they'll be back up to it as soon as they can, I'm sure. And... This show is brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run. So we're going to get right into it so we can talk about this plenty. They've done this interesting thing with Commander this year where the Commander, the yearly Commander set, which typically comes out later in the year, is coming out the five pre-constructed decks with big, fancy new commanders. Uh, Each deck has two options. Well, they have more than that, but each deck has two options in the in the triome colors because each deck has three colors and they're all set on or at least there's a lot of brand new cards in these decks and the new cards are all also on the plane of Ikoria much like the expansion forthcoming yeah so I mean like they've done it looks like what they have is like much like they've done in the past, like a commander and then like a backup commander that you can change it up to. But then also, uh, I believe every single deck also has uh, partners in it that if you want to, uh, you can run those and that'll still cover your your base for like your your three color color pie. Yeah, it's really interesting. They have so like, for example, the Mardu deck has a Mardu commander, a secondary optional Mardu commander, and then two partners that are red black and then white so that combined they make mardu but one is red black and one is white and so and they're also legendary so you could just run them individually if you wanted um yeah it's interesting yeah i mean looking right out the gate so my my favorite thing to do in commander like despite the fact that i'm like a mono red like you know i like to go aggro whenever i'm playing like heads up magic when it comes to commander, I actually just like to play like spell slingy kind of decks where I just like everyone else kind of does things and I just sit there and, and you know, play a spell when it's like necessary. So when they when they were like, hey, here's a Stegosaurus that copies your spells. I was like, go on. So the <laughs> Ar- Arcade Maelstrom seems really cool. I think that's the Calamax, the Storm Sire uh, is yeah. a very, very neat card. Let's talk about this one a little bit. It's one generic, a green, a blue, and a red. So one and a teamer for a 4-4 elemental dinosaur with a couple abilities. Whenever you cast your first instant spell each turn, if Calamax is tapped, copy that spell. 
you may choose new targets. And whenever you copy an instant spell, put a plus one plus one counter on Kalamax. So I guess Kalamax represents the idea of casting spells in combat, sort of like a Rada air to Keld on a dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. So like looking at like how the deck is built, that definitely sort of seems to be what it kind of wants you to do. What I want to do with this shockingly is play like three or four <laughs> sleep effects in my deck and just like give this, give this big stegosaurus narcolepsy uh, <laughs> and then just, and then just cast double spells for the rest of the game for as long as he's there. Because it just keeps him tapped the whole time. I love it. Finally, yeah. a place for my Icy Manipulator and Commander. <laughs> right? Yeah, and I mean, uh, just so it also has the flavor-wise, in my opinion, the best of the partners. Not the, not the best in terms of like doing things. But this is the deck that has Haldivan Arcan Avid Arcanist and Paco Arcane Retriever, the good the good gruel doggo. Um, and they're like of the of the ones they're not the most powerful. Uh, but I just I they're, they're just super cute. Haldvan is two and a blue for a one four uh, that is partner with Paco's Arcane Retriever, and um, you may play non-creature spells from exile with fetch counters on them if you exiled them and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast those spells and you're like what what is a fetch counter well the doggo paco uh <laughs> he goes and fetches and basically it's three uh red and a green for a three three uh has partner and haste um and whenever paco attacks you exile the top card of each player's library and put a fetch counter on each of them and you put a 1-1 one, one counter on Paco for each non-creature card exiled this way. That sounds like a lot of fun. It Yeah, it's super cool. Like, you, you send out your doggo to go, you know, grab, um, like, spells off of your opponent's deck. And what's also cool is because they're exiled with those fetch counters on them, and it doesn't really matter if Paco or Hulkman leave, if you exile something really cool early game, late game, you can, you know, cast Haldvan and still be able to cast those non-creature spells. Um, but that's, like... That's the biggest thing um, that kind of puts like a damper on them is they need each other so desperately, which is very cute. But like in a game setting, um, all the rest, I believe, of the um, of the the partners can kind of act independently of one another um, and can do really, really cool things. But these ones like Haldvan on his own doesn't actually do anything without Paka. Right, Hald Haldan's just a one four. That's it. Just a one, just a one four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it yeah. for three mana, right? So it's like it's very cute. It's very cool. I like them both very much, but they're probably the weakest of this partner cycle. Mm -hmm. Before we get too deep on this particular deck, the the Arcane Maelstrom, the Teamer deck, uh, let's quickly just take a overview of all five, sort of yeah. through the lens of the commanders, like because we've already looked at that was Calamax the Storm Sire. So let's take a look at the Mardu deck. Uh, so the commander is Jirina Kudro. Uh, one red, white, black for a 3-3 three, three human soldier. When she enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 one, one white human soldier creature token for each time you've cast a commander from the command zone this game and other humans you control get plus 2 plus 0. Oh. That's super sweet. I, I really mm. enjoy them making more of these mechanics that are like similar in a way to like Eminence or like how Derevi... I mean, Derevi was kind of a 
maybe a little bit too high on the power level. Um, <laughs> v, the black Lotus of eminence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you heard like it here the, first. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Derevy doesn't have eminence necessarily, but like, I know, but it's like pr- before they figured out a balance sure, mechanic sure. where they're like, we want to give you a deal on your commander. It's like, okay, yeah, first, uh, totally I, I, re- one. I really enjoy mechanics that have to deal with like the commander doing something from the command zone. Um, and this this feels like a safe sort of way of doing it, you know. At least if your if you're, if your commander is going to get you know zapped or whatever, because Jarena seems like a primo uh, subject now, being like a uh, a lord. At least it's going to come in with some buddies, and the more that you get to cast her, the more buddies you get to come in with you. Yeah, I like that. It's a lord. Just, I like that it's all humans. And there's a lot of great humans you could throw in a deck, but I, I kind of dig that it's plus two plus O rather than just a plus one plus one. It's an interest. It's a more interesting dynamic. Yeah. Like I, so this is the thing, right? Is like in a, in a heads up commander game, like I would love to play this because humans just seem like they're going to be really cool, both in this as well as with the Coria coming up. Um, but like, this seems like the deck that you play that everyone just wants to hurt you because <laughs> everything is like so scary and wide. And it, like, this always reads in, in a game of commander politics to me is like, oh, you have a bunch of at minimum three ones on your side of the field. That's pretty spoopy. I'm going to go after you. Mm-hmm. And I guess let's take a look at the, well, we didn't actually talk about the backup commander in the other one. So let's just, let's just keep sort of rolling through the decks. The um, Abzan deck, I don't remember the names of the Ikoria it's triomes yet. It's Symbiotic Swarm now. Oh, right, I see the name of the triome. Me neither. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they have different names. But anyway, the Abzan deck. So is a Cathreal Aspect Warper. Cathreal, comma, Aspect Warper. Um, two white, black, green for a 3-3 nightmare insect. <laughs> and when Cathriel enters the battlefield, put a flying counter on any creature you control if it is a creature card in... Uh, or, uh, sorry, that's a separate thing. Wait, no, hang on. Put a yep, flying counter yep. on any creature you control if, if a, creature a creature in your graveyard card, has yeah. flying. Repeat this process for First Strike, Double Strike, Death Touch, Hexproof, Indestructible, Lifelink, Menace, Reach, Trample, and Vigilance. Then... Put a plus one plus one counter on Cathreal for each counter put on a creature this way. So just wow. one more time that was to so clarify. Words, if he, an example, you Cathreal enters the battlefield. If you have creatures in your graveyard with flying or vigilance, or a creature with flying and vigilance, then you get to put a flying counter on a creature you control and a vigilance counter on a creature you control. And it can be any creature, so it can be it can be Cathreal. And then in that instance, you've put two counters on creatures you control, so Cathreal gets two plus one plus one counters. This almost feels like the new, new hotness with like in terms of like Mimeoplasm, you know, like oh. Mimeo, you know, like Mimeoplasm is one of those cards that it comes down and you're like, all right, I gotta double read this thing, and like, and then it starts having all these different because that that that's the new weirdness that I think a lot of people are kind of curious how it's going to work in paper is all these like keyword counters and stuff coming mm-hmm. out so it's like keeping track of all the things that mimeoplasm can do was always like a problem that i had um and now i'm curious like how how many first strike counters are you going to need to carry with you to you know your next magic fest that you're playing commander at and stuff so it's it's super interesting i, I really really like these 
I, I like the idea of the, the flavor of, you know, putting keywords onto different, you know, monsters and creatures and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just yeah, want to point. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. I just said I'm, I think it's going to be neat. Um, if you're curious, by the way, it's Indatha is the uh, the Abzan name. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I've got them loaded up, so when we get moved to each one, I can give them to you. <laughs> Sick. Um, uh, Nelson, what were you saying? I just was going to say that Tyam, Luminous Enigma, the like backup on on color, all three colors of Abzan Commander, also just has a ton of words on it. It's four mana for a 3-3 three, three Nightmare Beast. And then each other creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional Vigilance counter on it, as well as pay three, remove three counters from among creatures you control, colon, Put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard, comma, then return a permanent card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Which wow. seems like a pretty cool. They're both pretty cool creatures. They're just exceedingly complicated. Yeah, I like that it's removed three counters, right? So it's like this thing is smaller, this thing is smaller, this thing can't fly anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and that I mean, that's a thing that I think a number of people have been noticing since like questing beast and stuff came around, right? It's like there's a lot of text going onto cards <laughs> these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like keeping track of everything is, uh, is really interesting. Yeah. The, the counters thing is, it's particularly interesting too. I think probably they wouldn't have like Watsi wouldn't have put it to print if they didn't have a good feeling about, you know, players, everyone being able to adjust, you know, we've, mm-hmm. we've seen all kinds of weird things like, you know, upside down cards and, counters for stuff we thought would be annoying and and the magic community for the most part always just kind of moves on and deals with it and it becomes a new normal keep in mind we like everyone collects their own cards and brings a different 100 card deck to the table so it's like just an extra little piece of bookkeeping and i suppose you get used to it i'm hoping that's the case anyway i hope it's not like this big drag oh i lost my lifelink keyword counter you know (laughs) i mean i like that they sort of they had a I mean, I don't know how on purpose this was, but they had basically a test with the playtest card in Mystery Boosters that mentioned flying counters. And there was no explanation on that card. You know, it was like, put this, return it to the battlefield with a flying counter on it or whatever it was. And generally speaking, a majority of people were like, oh, I completely understand what that means. I know what a flying counter does. Mm hmm. Obviously, it gives the thing flying, right? And Wizards was like, yes, that is what that means. You're, you know, you did it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, like everyone I think can pick up pretty quickly. You know, it's like, well, this is a plus one, plus one counter, right? It gives a plus one, plus one. Well, what's that? Oh, it's a trample counter. Oh, so they give it a trample, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, I get it. So, also yeah. to like their credit, um, I, I was just reminded only just now, and these cards were starting to be previewed last weekend. Um, even Mimeomancer from Alara Reborn did something kind of similar too. This is a 3-1 flying for three, one white and a blue. And it's just a 3-1 flying with one triggered ability. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may put a feather counter on target creature. If you do, that creature has base power and toughness 3-1 and has flying for as long as it has a feather counter on it. Oh. Which is like mm-hmm. kind of the same rules templating they've gone with. Pretty similar. Yeah. I'm, I, I am glad though that they didn't, that they didn't try to get cute with it, that they weren't like a feather counter gives flying and a hoof counter gives trample right. and an eye counter gives vigilance. You know, they were just like, it's a flying counter. It gives it flying. You get it. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. That was, that was wise on their part. Yeah. 
Um, the Jeskai deck, or as Jeskai is known on Ikoria, Rogrin. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that one's really going to stick. R A U G R I N. Rogrin. Rogrin. Actually, I kind of find it annoying that there's new names for these color associations. Like, I don't yeah. want to have to learn more of these. I don't think you're. I don't words. think you're gonna. You know, okay. it's like I think it's All the right. first ones to to slam on down are going to be the ones because there have been like other tribes and various colors and stuff like that, I think, but nice at time of recording, it's shift change. So I'd like to take this 10 seconds to thank you for being a frontline worker who listens to TTC. We appreciate your sacrifice during this pandemic. Oh, is that the, I can hear the jangling in the background. Yeah. I'm in the middle of a clanking neighborhood. Maybe it's going to, maybe it's going to make its way over to you guys. You're both sort of downtown. I'm a little bit. Oh, I've been in, I've been in the clanking neighborhood for a week. Last time we recorded, we had both of us going. Yeah, it does not happen downtown. because This not- time I got my windows closed. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, the Jeskai or Rolren deck, um, the commander is Gavi, Nest Warden. Two blue, red, white for a 2-5 human shaman. You may pay, oh God, you may pay zero rather than the cycling cost of the first card you cycle each turn. Uh, and whenever you draw your second card each turn, create a 2-2 red and white dinosaur cat creature token. Uh, now, um, typically speaking, when something has a cost in Magic and then a different card says that you don't have to pay that cost, that ends up being very powerful. The yeah. <laughs> commander, yeah, the commander deck that was like, oh, the first time you morph every turn, that's on us, was unreal. And, you know, this is maybe not as unreal, but it's like, oh, the cycling cost on all your cards is free one time every turn. It's like, yes, please. That sounds great. This feels like to me the best of the decks not even necessarily because of like the free cycle although that is like huge but it like i mean as we said we'll get into like the 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 cards and whatnot in the decks but like this one just having like looked through the deck list i can already see like really sick combos and whatnot in it that i'm like oh this one feels real good (laughs) this one's got the shark bird in it should yeah. we talk about that briefly? So the, there's there's these three sort of sets of optional commanders, and the partner with for the Jeskai deck is uh, Shabraz the Sky Shark and Brawlin, maybe Braylon Sky Shark Rider. And Shabraz is a five mana, three generic, and a blue white for a three three. Partner with Shark Brawlin. Bird. Shark Bird, legendary creature Shark Bird, and with flying, and whenever you draw a card, put a plus one plus one counter on Shabraz, and you gain one life. And for an Azorius, you may give target human flying until a turn. And then Shabraz is a four mana for three generic and a red, three three partner. And whenever you discard a card, put a plus one plus one counter on Brawlin, and it deals one damage to each opponent. And for a red, target Shark gains trample until end of turn. So together, you can amass a, I don't know, a bunch of neat little effects i guess well so that's the thing right is like look like if we're just looking at those in comparison to the doggo and the guy either i can't even remember it's paco and haldan yeah we were talking about Uh, okay thank you i'm gonna name the guy (laughs) (laughs) the man and the dog (laughs) yeah i yeah i mean who cares about the dude behind the dog Mm -hmm. uh shabraz and brawlin can each kind of do like something on their own um which is why they just seem really cool on the flip side though 
Um, this one to me has kind of one of the weaker backup, uh, like just like backup commanders, which is Akeem, the Soaring Wind, uh, which is two for and two and Jeskai for a, a three four flyer. And whenever you create one or more uh, creature tokens, you just you get an extra burb, a one one bird. And then for three and Jeskai creature tokens, you control gain double strike until end of turn. Like it's cool, but like it. The fact that it's the fact that it's got that keyword of one or more, um, just kind of. It's like, also, it's also way less cool than than even you said out loud because it's whenever you create create one or more tokens for the first time each oh, turn. Oh yes, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so so you, you're only going to get one bird a turn at max. Yeah, if you uh, cast Finale of Glory, you also get one bird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it's one of the, it's like, it's literally like, I know they had to make something, um, they, they, you know, you need to make a backup commander for each of these decks. Um, all I want to do is buy this, take Akeem out and put Kaikar in. Mm. I don't know if you remember Kaikar from M20, but he's the one with like, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you make a one, one white spirit token with flying and you can sacrifice up spirit to add one red mana. It's like, oh yeah, it would just yeah. be. So much better, <laughs> but it's like, may, again, I mean, they've probably play tested these incredibly. And if you just have some way to pop off with, with tokens, I'm sure this deck could get out of control. Also, Kaikar is a bird wizard. Yeah, yeah. which is key. Uh, synergizes with, I mean, the bird theme that appears to be going on in here. I think Also, very I'll- excited to see dinosaur cat tokens. Mm. Yeah. Well, with these backup commanders, like the the commander that's of the same colors, but not the one on the box, I think often what they're trying to do is sneak in like, you know, a, a second commander deck that hasn't been made, but that people want. Because, you know, taking a look at this deck, um, not a ton of the cards will synergize with uh, Akeem, I don't think, as much as they do with Gavi. And so it's like, this is here. There's like a few cards that work well with this. But, uh, you know, it works well with the main commander, too, because it makes tokens. And, you know, this Akeem card is here for people who wanted to build Jeskai tokens because maybe there isn't already, like, a good commander for that. And, like, I think this ability, it's not great, like, the whenever you create one or more tokens each turn ability, but you could definitely build around it. Like, you could put in Keldoran Outpost and Castle Ardenvale in a deck with spells that make creatures, and you could put in activated abilities on creatures that make more creature tokens so that you can be spending your mana on your opponent's turn to try to maximize the burbs. Yeah, I mean, so like, this... I, yeah, this, I don't hate this, it. This, yeah, like, this can... Uh, this gives a red for people that are doing, like, kanji decks where they're doing, like, bird tribal or something mm-hmm. like that. So, I mean, it does allow you to sort of expand what you're looking at. Yeah. Okay, should we... And the, the yes, I was going to say, yeah. yeah, the fifth deck, the Saltai deck, or as it's known on Ikoria, it's Zagoth. Oh, it's Zagoth. Yes, 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 of course. Zagoth. Zagoth. So the deck is Enhanced Evolution, so obviously involves Mutate. The commander is Otrimi, the ever-playful, who's adorable. Three black, green, blue for a 6-6 Nightmare Beast with Trample. And whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, return target creature card with Mutate from your graveyard to your hand. And Otrimi has Mutate for one and Assault Eye. So four mana Mutate. Uh, And yeah, 6-6 Trample, whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you get something with Mutate back. Pretty cool. I mean, he's cute in the way... Like, he... 
this gives me the Tim Burton like creature vibe so big, just like in his little smile and all that kind of jazz. Very, he's got a very Cheshire cat thing going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so this is, I guess, the mutate deck, right? Um, I, I, like there's mutate creatures in, in I think a couple of these, but yeah. um, I'm I I don't I don't even know how to read this one. Like we, I was talking about it when I was doing. Uh, uh, commentary with Surge on uh, on Thursday, but it was like I I don't even know how to evaluate mutate. I think it's gonna be cool, but all all I see is like the amount of like single target removal and whatnot in the world, and go well that that four you know four cards that you've got stacked on top of one another sure sure likes Doomblade or something you know. So I I don't know. Mute, I'm really curious to see how mutate's gonna go. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of curious of the story behind Mutate. I haven't read a ton of development articles lately, but to me, it feels a bit like it grew out of cycling. Like cycling is back again in this set, and y- you can cast all these creatures. Like it, it's they're mostly not a bad deal for their mana cost, like their regular mana cost for their power toughness and their ability. Some of them, it's like you have to mutate them with another creature, you know, to get their their mutate trick off. But like at the very worst a six mana six six trample sure it's not like at the commander level but it's still like a decent rate like there's plenty of time when you're like okay i'm gonna make colossal dreadmon now and like that will do something on this board um and the mutate option gives you like these extra choices you know more more forks in the road more decisions to take and so yeah i i think it'll be very skill testing with these cards it's not always going to be terrible to expose yourself to a path to exile uh as long as you're the trigger you get from mutate or the combat that you win because you you made a huge creature to attack with or whatever or a, a complicated creature to figure out how to block um yeah i think yeah I think like it's it's, it's it's weird right because i like the first thing i do when i look at this is i like try and compare it to bestow and it's mm-hmm. like at least with bestow if you lost the creature you would it, you know this thing would like slide off right but it's yeah. like the whole stack ends up going into the bin when it dies yeah um so yeah, like I, I I genuinely have no idea how to evaluate mutate. I'm a little bit surprised that it doesn't like at least like the command or anything um, doesn't seem to like discount mutate or anything like that. And as I'm going through, like a lot of the mutate costs on the creatures are like maybe a mana less or maybe or a mana two or more um, than it's like at regular casting cost. Um, so I'd be I'm 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 wondering like how hard this deck is going to have to ramp. And I mean, it's in Sultai, right? So it's got access to ramp uh, in it. But uh, yeah, just, just I don't know. This I this this one could be the one that pops off. I know I'm saying like the Jeskai deck is like the, the hotness, but maybe Mutate just turns out to be, you know, the next storm. Who knows? This right. deck does have villainous wealth. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. That, that earns it a couple of points on the commander scale. <laughs> If you don't already have <laughs> the, a villainous wealth, you get one with this deck. Yeah. And yeah. and to note the backup commander, uh Zach Zach Zaxara the Exemplary, is uh one black, green, blue for a two, three nightmare hydra. It has death touch. Tap to add two mana of any one color, and whenever you cast a spell with X in its mana cost, create a zero zero hydra token and then put X plus one plus one counters on it. 
Move over, Roshin Meanderer. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Okay. So, like, I'm looking at Zexara, right? And I'm looking at, you know, Xeris, the writhing storm from the Arcane Maelstrom deck. And looking at Cathril, uh, Ka- like the main commander from the Symbiotic Swarm. And the art on these cards feels like so metal or like sci-fi in the way. Like, I Ikoria is like a really weird plane. Yeah, me. man. Like this art is like, especially like Zaxara is a big is, is probably the biggest contender. I think of just like, what am I looking at? Like, what what is going on? Where is its head? Where is its butt? Is that a leg? Is that a tail? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, these are gonna make some pretty good prints to like put into your lounge. You know, have some friends over, relax. Yeah deeply and then just stare at the art of Riding <laughs> Storm. I don't know, maybe put on some lead zap, take your, you know, take your socks off in public. Um, <laughs> skip a shower, know. take some patchouli instead, you know. How deep can I we w- go with this? <laughs> I want to I want to talk about some other some other cards from these uh, from these decks. Have either of you had an opportunity to read Slippery Bog Bonder. I hope you're yeah. going to have to go that one. Yeah. Absolutely. By it's the way, if you're not subscribed to Good Luck High Five Magic yet, go do it now. Yeah. Three and a green for a 3 3 with flash and hexproof. And when it ETBs, put a hexproof counter on target creature. Then move any number of counters from among creatures you control onto that creature. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, this one, I'm all in. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, 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 I love this card. This I, card looks like a lot of fun. I just like that it, she she's they've literally got a slipper a, a slippery bogle a boggle bogle boggle on it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like it's slippery out. bogle. Is it bogle? The deck, okay. The, the the creature is a slippery bogle, but the deck is boggles. Okay. Don't ask me why. I believe you. <laughs> take it up. Mind how we can lose to these cards. Maybe that's take it up. Take it up with Maria if you have an issue with it. Yeah. Uh, actually, I want to talk about because this one is very interesting to me from a like multiplayer perspective. The the uh, the agitator ant. Ah, yeah. So two and a red for a two two insect. It looks. Speaking of things that look metal, it looks amazing. Uh, it's illustrated by. Igor Kirilluk, who does amazing stuff. At the beginning of your end step, each player may put two plus one plus one counters on a creature they control. Goad each creature that had counters put on it this way. And it does remind you, because no one remembers what goad means, until your next turn, those creatures attack each combat if able and attack a player other than you if able. Yeah, goad is super cool. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's very good in multiplayer. Um, yeah, this is kind I, of I, like a sweet uh, Corona the False God sort of creature, but only three mana and just in red. Like, just mm-hmm. encourages everybody else to attack each other and even, like, makes their creatures bigger. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, isn't there... There's an equipment, right? Isn't it, like, assault suit or something like yeah. that? That, yeah. uh, that like, you, you pass it around, but it can't come back your way, which is really yeah. neat. From the same um, idea. I... Uh, so go go with me on this journey because I guess we're we're in the Gavi deck right now. Um, there's a card. There's Spellfire Phoenix. Uh, oh yeah, which yeah. is three red red for a flyer that says when Spellfire Phoenix enters the battlefield, you may return an instant or sorcery card with cycling from your graveyard to your hand. And at the beginning of each end step, if you have cycled at least two cards this turn, return it from your graveyard to your hand. So 
when I first read this card, I was like immensely underwhelmed by it. Um, I was kind of like, surely, you know, and that that's always like the thing with these Phoenix cards, right? Like, is it going to be one that goes back to your hand or is it going to be one that goes straight back to the battlefield? Um, and the ones that go back to your hand always feel like really crummy, I find. Um, but then I discovered that Astral Slide is in this deck, um, which effectively means you can have Astral Slide and this thing out. And whenever you cycle one of those, like a card, you can flicker this Phoenix and just get that card back that you cycled, uh, mm. which seems pretty spicy. Powerful. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I, my, my evaluation of it went way up. Nice. Other, yeah, that is ridiculous. Other red cards that I'm excited about. This is more for Canadian Highlander, although this might be really fun in Commander, but I'll, I'll steal a little bit of the focus here. The Fireflux Squad, three generic mm. and a red for a 4-3 haste. Uh, so four mana, you know, not unreasonable in your competitive six-card formats even. Like, I, I don't expect we'll see this card in Legacy, but stranger things have happened. Um, when Fireflux Squad attacks... You may exile another target attacking creature you control. If you do, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card. Put that card onto the battlefield tapped and attacking, and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. So, kind of like the most aggro polymorph effect I yeah. think I've seen. Like, normally, normally the poly, polymorph effects are sorceries. Um, this one's just like strapped to kind of a Bloodbraid Elf, you know, just like a decent body that's a haste creature. So well, there's some really cool like targets for this too. Yeah, in the deck, like there's a Titan of Eternal Fire in that human's deck, which Ooh. is really, which is very spicy. Decent. Uh, just to just to clarify, because I, I don't know, I don't remember what what it was that you said, but it's Astral Drift. Astral oh, slide so is the original. Did yeah. I say? Did I say Astral Slide? Uh, I don't. I, they're yeah. kind of the I don't same know. thing. They're kind of the same thing, right? I don't know if you did or if I heard that, but I, I was like, I should slide. mention yeah. this. All right. Oh, so yeah. So Astral Drift is a little bit powered down. I I just looked at it. And I was like, oh, Astral Slide's here. Uh, but no, Astral Drift is. You can only, I guess, do it once. Huh. Oh, on great! All my all my yeah. powerful cards are here, and Astral and yeah. Astral Drift. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I ruined that joke. Oh well, whatever. <laughs> Well, but, if you I want, mean, you still get to do that. You, you still can do that combo, which is sweet. Yeah, uh, I like Tidal Barracuda. Yeah. So check this out: three and a blue for a three-four fish. Um, any player may cast spells as though they had flash, so you don't have to worry about that. One person has Vidalcan Orrery. It's like, oh, hey, we all get to cast spells with flash. Isn't that great, everybody? Your your opponents can't cast spells during your turn. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's really so cool. The yeah. cycle. Yeah, that's great. So and it's like, all right, everyone gets to do this, but not not to me. <laughs> Nelson. Yes. You're good at magic knowledge. Eh. Okay. Not knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I need you to explain to me Eon Frolicker. Okay. Well, it's a pretty otter. Yeah, yeah, it's two blue blue for a five five flyer, so that's yeah. pretty great on rate. Uh, but when it enters the battlefield, if you cast it, target opponent takes an extra turn after this one. Until your next turn, you and planeswalkers you control gain protection from that player. Is 
a Teferi's protection effect worth giving, like, time walking your opponent or giving time walk to your opponent? Well, it's relevant that it's the only permanents that get protection are planeswalkers. If, like, your lands and creatures and, you know, all your other permanents phased out during your opponent's free turn, that would be a little different. They can use their turn to kill your creatures or blow up your land um, or your other non planeswalker permanents. But otherwise, yeah, maybe. I mean, you're not going to take damage on that turn. You're not going to lose Planeswalkers on that turn. And you get a 5-5 flying for four. So, like, it really, you know, it depends on the metagame, obviously, and it depends on what, what else is happening in the game. It gets worse as time goes on. But, like, you know, if you land War Elf in this thing on turn three and then they use their extra turn to, like, draw and play another creature that's not as big as a 5-5 flying, that could be fine. Also in Commander, it's just one player taking an extra turn, so you can just make deals. Like if you're in a four-player game, this means entirely a different thing than if you're in a two-player game. Yeah. You know what would be interesting is that because it's they take an extra turn after this one. So yeah. if the turn order is like me, Ben, Nelson, let's say James... Uh, and we're going around, then I'll be like, okay, I'm going to play this. James gets an extra turn now. Then Ben, then Nelson, then James again, and then me. Yeah. The other, you, can, you can make it weird. Yeah, the other really interesting thing about the Frolicker is that uh, it gives this, this whole trigger is just one ability, right? It's um, It gives the extra turn and the protection ability the turn it comes in. And... I misread it the first time. I thought it was all your permanents. So I was like, this is really exciting because your creatures can attack and they can't block the turn. You yeah, this could be block. like your trump card, right? Right. But like it, actually, your- it's only your Gideons and Sarkans that can attack. But that's still kind of maybe a cool deck idea or situation if you find yourself in. You might want to put Eon Frolicker in decks with Gideons or in decks with Sarkans. If you can make your Planeswalkers attack, they have protection from whoever you just gave a free turn to. So there's like a backup mode where, you know, if you have... 10 power worth of Gideons or whatever on the table, then maybe you can just win the game with the Eon Frolicker trigger. Yeah. A lot of the cards that I just don't really know, like the, like I was saying, like the Calamax deck is the one that, like, I like Calamax and I want to do a build around with Calamax, but the deck itself is like the, it. I don't know, it's just like, it may, it just doesn't seem as powerful as some of the other ones that I'm seeing. Like even like, what I'm affectionately recalling, uh, calling the uh, the traitor of green, which is Glade Muse, and it's a two and a green for a two four, and whenever a player casts a spell, if it's not their turn, that player draws a card, and it's mm. like, wow, you know what green, you know what green loves is like casting sweet instants on your opponent's turn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, looking at the looking at the deck list though, like it's. Less of a green deck. Not that there's not green cards in it. Then actually, a lot of I'm just looking at it. A lot of the green cards are in. In fact, wait. Glade Muse is a weird card. Like it is yeah. a little weird that this card is a green card. The stats are okay, but I don't see why they couldn't have just made this a blue card. So there's a lot of red blue stuff, and there's there's twenty instants in that deck. Yeah, <laughs> like there's a ton. Like you're still getting uh, like effects off of it. It's just such a weird card to me that it's a green card. You know, yeah. like yeah. It, it just yeah, it feels odd. Ooh, like this usually deck has greens- a wilderness reclamation. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh. Oh, that's crazy. It just would have been too busted in blue. And so they're like, we want to print this card. We want it in this deck, but we have to put it in the color that would take the least use out of it. Like maybe that was the design. Yeah. 
like we have to kind of wreck the color pie slightly so that we can print this effect that we want without, you know, grossly disbalancing a bunch of other commander decks that already exist, right? Because if you if Glade Muse was a blue card, you can put it in like a Baral mono blue, you know, control deck, and now all of a sudden everything is a dismiss. Yeah, I guess I should say I don't think that it's a bad card. I think it's just weird that it it, it that it's in green. <laughs> yeah, it's you know it's just like I feel like green. One of green's biggest things is like you know getting countered and stuff, and usually wants to hinder that. And instead, this dingus over here is just like, hey. And now from now on, whenever you counter any of the creatures that I try to cast, you're going to get to draw a card and replace it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want, right? Yeah. I have, um, I mean, I bet it'll be fun in Commander. Like I have a, in 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 the in my Tree Folk deck, I have there's a Tree Folk Heartwood Storyteller, right? And it's anytime a player casts a non-creature spell, they get to draw a card, and it's one of those. Your it's one of those cards. Card. If it when Heartwood Story. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Whenever whenever someone whenever a player casts a non-creature spell, their the, that player's opponents draw yeah. a card, right, right. And so everyone at the table is like. Uh, that one can live. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about these free spells for a minute? The, free like, spells? Gabby? Well, or... I, there's a, there's a site. Th- I'm not sure exactly how they're spread it across the decks. Oh, the, the, the feet. Yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's, if you control a commander, you may cast this spell without paying its mana cost. There's a cycle. There's five of them. And I don't know if, like, these, these cards have... I've gotten some heat. Basically, the blue one is negate, and the downside is that it only costs one more um, on top of regular negate. Like it's a blue and two generic instead of a blue and one generic. For yeah, it's eight, called fierce guardianship. That's right. And if you have a commander, you you get it for free. And this just I don't know. This to me seems like a feel bad. At least that's what that's how it's presented in the tweets I read, and I'm kind of on board. It, it yeah. Certainly, certainly of the cycle of these five, the blue one seems the most offensive. The black is exile target creature. The green is fog. The white is your stuff gets indestructible until end of turn. And the red is you can fork a spell, which is possibly problematic, but at least funnier. Can you it's imagine, actually- though, like sitting in the room, though, and being told, like, all right, the green player gets like a, a, a free negate and or sorry, the blue player gets a force of or, like, a negate and the green player, you get a fog. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. You're like, uh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> so the red one's I... not a fork. It's a swerve. Sorry. It's just a swerve. Yeah. It's a swerve. So let me just yeah. actually, uh, so the red one deflecting SWAT two in a red instant, you may choose new targets for target speller ability. The green one, it's, a little better than fog. It's obscuring haze. See, it's not exactly the same as the fog. It's only an obscuring <laughs> haze. Uh, two and a green. Prevent all combat damage that would be dealt this turn by creatures your opponents control. Oh, okay. It's safe passage. That is that is so you, sorry I missed that. So you you okay. still get to eat. You get to eat their stuff. Hopefully, is the idea. You can all, or you can use it uh, offensively to just keep your creatures alive. You can right. if you're not in a position to lose to a swing back. You can you can punch in with cards like this at the ready and yeah actually i like the white one in commander a lot it's yeah flawless maneuver two and a white instant uh creatures you control gain indestructible until end of turn yeah so if you're out there with your commander and someone's like oh, okay fine wrath of god and you're like cool hmm. nope <laughs> nope <laughs> yeah so on in the in the realm of of big board wipes and whatnot uh 
there there was a a little bit of a combo, I guess, uh, that was going around about Gabby that seems like really gross, um, mm-hmm. which is you can't do it out of the box. But Gabby says um, that you may pay zero rather than pay the cycling cost for the first card you cycle each turn. And there mm-hmm. was a cycle of cards that had these absurdly high cycling costs um that from did, Lara or where? Yeah, yeah well so yeah. i'm talking uh, so i'm talking specifically about decree of annihilation oh nice uh, nice which yeah. allows Sorry, you which when you right. yeah, yeah which when you cycle it uh destroys all lands um and you can do that and in, in the, the the cost for that i think it's like six and red it's like seven mana i think it's like red yeah. red and five or something to cycle decree of annihilation i've played it in canadian highlander so a lot of people have been like, all right, so you've got Gabby, uh, you overload Cyclonic Rift and bounce everybody else's stuff, and then on your turn, you Decree of Annihilation for free. <laughs> and now all their boards are wiped, and they have no lands, and you just win from there. <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and it's, the- certainly, it's definitely Gavi and the Decree that are the problem this, in this equation, right? Not that blue spell from Return to Ravnica. There's nothing. I will <laughs> die on the hill. That's like there's nothing wrong with Cyclonic Rift. Great. Okay. Yeah, you can ban. You can ban Soul Ring before you ban uh, Cyclonic Rift. Game's got to end. And I will. there won't be there won't be anyone there won't be anyone on the hill to 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 fight against you because you <laughs> yeah. will have bounced them to their hand. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but they'll come back eventually, unless I decree of annihilation. Yeah, no, that's a wise hill to choose to pick your battle because it's yeah. so windy that nobody else could really get up it, right? I'd like to talk uh, about this elemental whale, unless I was literally about, about to talk about that one. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I think this card's real good. It's called Ethereal yeah. Forager. Four oh. generic and two oh, oh, the different different whale you like okay we're my talking whale about there's two whales <laughs> well okay i really like the delve whale so it's a three three flying with delve okay so Wait. you can cast this for only two if you have four cards in your graveyard and whenever once again six mana total so the same same casting cost kind of as tassiger but two solid blue pips we are talking about the same whale oh okay this, on here i have it listed as heavenly whale Oh, you're looking at a different translation. I guess it was spoiled in another language. In, on, Maybe, on yeah. my spoiler, it's called Ethereal Forager. So one of these, which I believe is the correct. Okay, okay, I'm going to yeah. call it Heavenly Whale, Mystery Delve Whale. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a three-three flying, and whenever it attacks, you may return an instant or sorcery card exiled with Ethereal Forager to its owner's atan- hand. So, yeah, I mean. Sultai Scavenger is a card I've played a little bit um, in like aggressive black decks where that's a six mana three, three flying. You can get down to one black, but you don't always, you know, like you do sometimes pay two mana for Gourmet Gangler and three mana for, um, sorry, that unfair blue card that lets you look at the top seven. My mind's drawing a blank here. Dig through oh, time. Uh, dig through time. Yeah. You know, these delve costs, it's like you don't always get the best situation anyway. So, like, yeah, like dig through time is a perfect example because having to pay two blue is worse than one blue. And they have it has the same converted mana cost as Treasure Cruise. But sometimes you pay two mana for Treasure Cruise and the effect on dig through time is a bit more powerful. So, I think the two blue requirement is fine. And yeah, getting to get these cards back off of delve while you're attacking, super exciting. Like, yeah, just but tons how, of value. Yeah. But how are you going to get cards in your graveyard to delve oh it's in the gavi deck okay yeah right <laughs> like you're just dumping things in there so quick 
I'm just going to cast uh, a bunch of ops, though. That's the real truth. Yeah. We we were talking about Goad, uh, and there's a really cool new cycle of uh, of cards that are in these, which are the imp- Impetus. It's the yes. Impetus cycle, I guess. Is or, a, or, it's or Impetus, yeah. Impetus, is that the front? Okay. So there's like a different one in each deck. And, and for example, the blue one is Psychic Impetus, which is two and a blue enchant creature an aura and an enchanted creature gets plus two plus two and is goaded um and whenever enchanted creature attacks you scry to mm. um yeah so it's like all of these different sort of um effects that are are causing the creature to be goaded like there's the the red one which is shiny impetus which is it, it, it's the same it's a uh, enchanted creature gets plus two plus two and is goaded and whenever enchanted creature attacks you create a treasure token um I really like this whole goading cycle. I think they're really, really cool, uh, especially in the way that it's like, you know, you help your opponent to get some, you know, cool creature, but it has to go other places and you get to reap the benefits of it going other places. Let me let me actually quickly run through this cycle because this is a very one of these things is not like the other. Yeah. So you've talked about the blue one and the red one. The black one, parasitic impetus, two and a black. So three mana as well, plus two, plus two, and is goaded. And... Whenever that creature attacks, its controller loses two life and you gain two life. Uh, the white one, martial impetus, two and a white. It gets plus one, plus one, and is goaded. And whenever that creature attacks, each other creature that's attacking one of your opponents gets plus one, plus one until, until end of turn. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. The green one, predatory impetus, four and a green. The creature gets plus three, plus three, and is goaded. And must be blocked. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's got lure. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's interesting that it's it's, it's it doesn't have must be blocked. Like it, it, it only one creature needs to go in front of it, right? Like not mm-hmm. the whole like yeah. pile, which so I, I would have liked a little bit more, but So the other the other four all have like whenever this creature attacks you get something nice. And so this is whenever this creature attacks, your opponent loses a creature. <laughs> yeah, different yeah, opponent, right? right? Like, Assuming you have two. Yeah. This one, the green one certainly goes the most awry when you end up still with this aura on one of your opponent's creatures. But now it's a <laughs> yeah. game. Like if, you, if they do manage to kill the, the other two players and then it's just predatory impulse or predatory. Yeah, it's like, impetus. hey, remember me? Like, yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> I, I actually kind of like the white one in a regular format too sorry to bring it back to that but or like even just the white one in a token deck but you just put it on your own guy like or your own creature because it's whenever enchanted creature attacks each other creature that's attacking one of your opponents so that's your creatures on your turn yeah like you, you, know? you can so still just, use these on your own dudes yeah, right but i mean this one's the most exciting i think because it's a glorious anthem like it's three mana to kind of pump every creature that's attacking so it's like not a bad rate mm-hmm. um, yeah whereas the the Crixus ones I think if you're putting them on your own creature, you're missing out a little bit. You really want for the mana cost to, to damage output of those ones. You probably want to get them on your opponent's creatures. In the in the realm of like must be attacking and all that kind of jazz, uh, Daring Fiend Bonder was a card that like really, really intrigued me. It's uh, three and a black for a 5-1 with haste. I'm glad we're and talking about this card. Yeah. yeah, and it has to attack each combat if able. And then... One in a black, you can exile it from your graveyard and you put an indestructible counter on target creature and you can only do that at sorcery speed. Uh, this thing seems sweet. I, 
<laughs> like yeah. I, I, I love, I mean, obviously I said like I'm, I'm an aggro player. Right. Uh, but even just like, this is such a fun thing to just discard in, even on its own. Like, even if you don't, uh, like attack in with it and then just give one of your creatures indestructible. Like it's, it's super, super cool. This whole set honestly seems super, super cool. I'm excited about this. And also it's what a great opportunity to learn more about the flavor of Ikoria. Like, I think this is a really interesting idea and I kind of hope they keep doing it. I, yeah, I didn't get to say what like, we t- talked about the, the way that they're rolling this out. I think it's fantastic that we're getting basically two sets worth of the lore of Ikoria. I kind of mm. wish the set releases were just a little bit further apart. So it was easier for my brain to process the preview season. Maybe that's to counteract the fact that it's like, yeah, like after after Ikoria, we're kind of like in sort of a quote unquote loreless zone with going into like a core set again. Uh, and then we're just like zipping on back to uh, to Zendikar. So, I mean, having having these kind of come out together, like Ikoria seems like a really cool place that I I, I don't imagine us coming back here. I, I mean, I don't know this, the lore of it, so but it, it seems like kind of one of those like one-off, like kind of like how cons sort of felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, although, although Narset yeah, is, is here. here and potentially now, uh, or, and now has red in her casting cost, which she lost after the, the after, cause she had it in the cons timeline, but not the dragons timeline. So it's possible that she's now learning the ways that learning her potential that we knew existed from the other timeline, but now that she doesn't have and possibly will then go back to Tarkir and maybe new things will happen. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I hope. I mean, I love, I mean, I I know I said like one off, but we got like three sets out of it, but like, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Con's rules. I I really enjoy it. We didn't get nine Um, sets out of it. Like we have on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) The last card that I had on my list that like I felt like needed to be touched on was Netherborn Altar. All right, and then after we do t- touch on it, that will will wrap it up for the day. Okay, because this this card is to me going to be a commander staple. Uh, if you're in a black deck, I think, uh, which it's one in a black for an artifact. Uh, you tap it to put a soul counter on Netherborn Altar. You put your commander from your hand uh, into your hand from the command zone. And you lose three life for each soul counter that you have. Oh, so you—it's a way to pay your commander tax with life. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. All right. Uh, um, I mean, we've had like—is it? It's not. What? What's? What's the land that does this command? Command Is it beacon Opal palace or command beacon? Yeah, can, the command, command beacon. beacon right. Yeah. Where you can sacrifice the command beacon to get your commander from your command zone into your hand. Right. Yeah. So having this on like an artifact that you can tap and do, I think, is really really big like a lot of like black decks um will have some sort of like life gain so that's probably going to be negligible but you can also do things like flicker this or Mm -hmm. put it into your graveyard and recur it or something like that to just dump all the soul counters off there have also been a number of cards that seem to be coming out that are just like remove counters from things uh so you could just take all these soul counters off um and just you know never really have to pay uh commander tax so i think i think we're going to be seeing a lot of netherborn altar in the future yeah well i'm i who knows what this bold new world of commander will bring us but i'm excited to at least play around with it um that yeah that is going to do it for tap tap concede for this week um 
Thank you, Ben and Nelson, for joining me for talking about Ikoria Commander. Yeah, my pleasure. And yeah, and um, a reminder that Tap Tap Can Siege is brought to you by Card Kingdom. Please do check out cardkingdom.com slash LRR. We think they're great. And of course, this show and everything we do is brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run. So until next time, I've been Graham. I will still be Ben, I promise. I've been Nelson. And this has been Tap Tap Concede. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.